Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 122. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to have Christine McAllister with us. Christine is a business and success coach who is an expert on turning tragedy into triumph. Her company, Life with Passion, helps high-achieving, motivated go-getters use their unique gifts and challenges to quit and stay out of their 9-to-5 jobs by creating and growing online businesses out of their passions. Christine, I am so happy you are here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kim. Oh, you are welcome. And thank you again. I would love if you would share a bit of your story. I know a little bit about already with the listeners and just give them a little bit more detail about what you do. Sure. So I've been an entrepreneur since 2005. It's something that I always knew I wanted to do. And I grew my very first business on the side of a nine to five for several years, really, really wanting to get out of that nine to five pretty uh, desperately and not really being sure how to do that. Um, So after about five years, I finally managed to quit and go full time as an entrepreneur. And I have done a ton of different things in my career and started several businesses, but in early 2015, I started the journey or realized really the journey of the business that I run now, which is called Life with Passion. And the catalyst for starting this business was the full-term unexpected stillbirth of my very first baby. I had experienced some early miscarriages, but had really not connected to, um, you know, fully to a pregnancy, um, to becoming a parent until I, until I lost my daughter Maeve, and there was no medical explanation for what happened. We still don't know why, uh, but of course, in the craziness and upside down world of going from putting the car seat in the car to bring the baby home from the hospital to being induced to deliver a baby who had already passed away in just a matter of, you know, 48 hours. Um, I did a lot of soul searching as part of my grieving process. And what I decided was that I was going to start a business that took everything I knew and everything that I had learned and really got clear on using my unique gifts to make a big impact in the world and also to create a legacy for Maeve because she wasn't here to do it. And so that's what Life with Passion came out of. So now I take everything that I've learned and I use it to help high achievers overcome the self-doubt that we all seem to have and grow online businesses based out of you know what is uniquely gifted and special about each person I work with. I love that you're creating a legacy like that and in her honor. That is so beautiful. I would love to talk more about how you help entrepreneurs get over this doubt because I myself have dealt with self-doubt. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think so many of us feel really alone in it. Like we look around and think, well, why is she so much more confident? Why is she so much further along? Like what's wrong with me that I can't, you know, figure this out or think my way out of it because we, we know that we're smart. (laughs) And, and I think a lot of it has to do with just doing new things. And that might sound oversimplified, but I was a professor and of course, you know, an overachiever in school and and college and grad school and all of this. So I'm really familiar with the education system. And what I have seen both as a student and as an educator is that in a lot of ways, we really are trained to be really good students, which then translate to being really good employees. And for those of us who have a desire to do something different, something on our own terms, we have this really deep desire, but then we're also not usually trained really well in how to do it. Even if we were a business major or whatever, what we are comfortable with is do this assignment or fulfill this role and get this grade or get this paycheck, right? And so when we set out on this entrepreneurial journey or we have these dreams, we have these huge fears of failure. And those fears are often much, much more powerful than our dreams. And they hold us back for a long time because we're afraid of what will happen or what people will think of us or not being perfect or, you know, just even being unsure. And so I really find that a lot of the work that I do is combining simple strategies that I know work online with supporting people in their self-belief, right? Helping them uncover who they really are, what's unique about them, and all the things that they've already accomplished, which can really spur them on into going, you know what? Like, I have done a lot. I do have a story to share. There are people maybe a step behind me that I can help, and I'm excited to do that. And let's leave this, you know, crippling self-doubt in the dust as we move forward. Oh, I love that. I would love to know what type of business you started in 2005, because that is actually when I started my first business as well. However, that one is long gone. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So in 2005, I started an online marketing business. So I had studied communications and I I loved to write. I was planning on becoming a, a film or documentary producer. I'd produced a documentary that I went on to win some big awards and air nationally on PBS. And so I decided, though, that I wasn't quite ready to move to one of the coasts like I thought I was going to and and enter, you know, kind of the workaholic life of working your way up the, the film industry food chain. And I realized my skills were transferable to the then emerging world of web development. And, and I realized that what I really loved was um, storytelling and that I had the opportunity to tell businesses stories for them and share them with the world. And so I learned the tools, the tricks. And then when Facebook came on the scene for business, I learned ads and be very quickly became an expert at those and, and really picked the clients I was excited to help and the 
the missions that I was excited to bring to the world, similarly to what I do now working one-on-one with clients, but I was working with businesses who were, you know, in need of specifically just, just marketing work. And so that's what I did. And, and I still have a few of those clients today because it was a totally referral based business. I only, I didn't advertise for my advertising business. I loved being able to work with, with the people I did and found that um, the referrals just, just kept coming in to keep me full. And so I've kept a few of those clients now and now I have a team that helps me um, with them. Isn't that awesome how referrals can just keep you going? Yes. I was just sharing with you in our pre-chat this morning, and and I've shared with listeners before that I am an introvert, which may surprise a lot of you. However, um, just this morning, I went out and had virtual coffee, but not virtual virtually with a new connection right here in my town. And we were talking about how my business is now referrals. And I was also explaining how I had grown the business way too fast and, and it sort of came tumbling down in about, I think that was about 2015 and it's since recovered, but have you experienced any type of those types of growing pains where you've tried to grow too fast or that you've had to learn the right way and the wrong way to grow? Oh, totally. Totally. I think, you know, on, on both maybe growing too slowly and also growing too fast where for a long time, really until I got one-on-one support to help me look at what was holding me back. I was terrified to delegate uh, because my businesses have always been very personal. You know, I get very invested in my client's success, no matter what it is that we're working on. (laughs) I was scared to delegate as well. I think that's a really common thing for entrepreneurs, especially, you know, passion-based ones, right? Where we're really doing what we love. And it goes almost hand in hand with being moms. I mean, because you you have, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing her name right. Fiora? Fiora, exactly. We always, we know that we want to be able to have a life outside of our kids. You know, Uh we want to be able to have date night or self-care time, but there's always that feeling out there of who can take care of our kids as well as we can. And it's the same type of thing. Who can we delegate our business tasks to that will take care of it as well as we do? Totally. (laughs) I mean, I don't just have the five kids who, you know, have grown in me. And even if you've adopted listeners, you understand where I'm coming from, that my businesses, you know, I... I would have to say businesses are like two more babies of mine. Yeah. I actually started, but the first business that I started in 2005 was an online e-commerce shop uh, offering scrapbooking supplies. Oh, very cool. And I didn't know about Facebook until probably 2008. I don't even know when it launched. I'll have to look that up. But I was trying to do everything through Google AdWords. Yeah, Uh I just... I made the first time I ever set up a Google AdWord campaign. I didn't know what I was doing. And I accidentally spent $800 in a day because I had no idea how to target. (laughs) I am permanently scared of Google AdWords. If there are any listeners who would love to help me at some point, not today or tomorrow, but get a successful Google AdWords campaign set up that won't cost me $800 a day please get in touch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are those things along the way. I know I've spent overspent on Facebook ads at times, you know, because I got excited about, about that being the, the end all be all right. Because that's like what one of my mentors told me and that's what had happened to work for her to build her business. But what I now know is that there are so many different ways to build a business and it's what's fun for you at the moment, you know, because we are not building these businesses to replace the way we felt in a nine to five that we hated. Uh, we are not building these businesses to feel burnt out. You know, we are building these businesses to support a life that we love and to have time with our kids or to travel or, you know, spend time with our family and our, in my case, my animals too. And, and so I think it's really important to, to begin to explore that possibility and, you know, to look at, there isn't just one right way to build a business. Um, there are a lot and it's, everybody's unique and you get to pick the one that's, that's, um, that feels the best to you. Oh, Absolutely. Do you know Kristen Taylor? I don't. Okay. I, For you and listeners, I will put it in the show notes what episode she was on. But she was actually, uh, she loved writing and went into film and actually did go to California. She was on a previous episode, though. So I'll put that into the show notes. And listeners, you can find all the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp122. However, she had a very similar journey. I think that I'm going to have to get the two of you introduced because I think you could definitely uh, collaborate. And there's a lot of similarity there as well. I'd love that. So what are some of the biggest challenges and fears that you see those that you help um, overcoming? I mean, I I have been there. When I started that job in 2005, I was working a full-time job because it's what I had my degree in. And I felt like I had to pursue that because that's what my degree in. I mean, like what you were talking about earlier. I went through grade school and I mean, even my high school education was geared to what I ended up going to college for, which is interior architecture. And I just didn't feel like I had that right to pursue something else. Do you find Mm. that that is common? You know, it it is. Yes, absolutely. So I also spent some time as a career counselor. And one of the statistics that we shared was that, and this is back in, back in the 2000s, that people who were graduating at that time would have at least a dozen different careers by the time they retired. And that's not jobs. That's careers. So the chances that you would actually stay in the field you studied were extremely slim. And yet we all seem to think, you know, I I worked with a client, for instance, who is a super high achieving engineer and she was real capable and had done very well, but she hated it. And she was actually like quite artistic and creative and felt very constricted by the engineering culture that she was a part of, but felt very bad about it because so many people told her, oh, that's a good job. You should be really grateful that you have it. Like, why would you think about doing something that is quote unquote, you know, not stable? And, um, and yet she listened to her heart, you know, and she said, look, this is, this is not using my gifts. This is not the thing that 
you know, I wake up to do every day. It's something different. And I'm going to find out what that is. And together we were able to, to uncover that. I think it's, you know, it's giving yourself that permission and maybe beginning to trust that your intuition has been telling you something all along and you've just been trying to reason your way out of that because of something that you've been taught or something that you've been told. I just this weekend started reading The Power of I Am by Joel. Mm. I never know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Osteen? Osteen? I think it depends on who you talk to. But I find it very interesting that, I mean, regardless of what yours or a listener's spiritual or religious background is, just the weight of what our own I am statements are to ourselves, Mm -hmm. because we can talk ourselves out of anything. I am not, you know, I... I am not skilled enough to do this. I am not educated in this. Well, who cares? I mean, social media marketing, which is a big bit of what I do for clients, I couldn't have even gotten a degree in that when I went to college. Right. (laughs) It wasn't a thing. (laughs) No, I mean, we were back in the days of AOL, and I know AOL, I think, is still around. I think that's where my mom's email is still through. But I mean, we were barely out of dial-up when I went to college. So, uh, I mean, AOL Instant Messenger got me through college, you know, just keeping in touch with other people. But no, it wouldn't have even been a, a, a possibility. If you were given the opportunity to go back to high school or college and shift your path, would you? Oh, that's a great question. I think I would have loved to get some support on the actually building small businesses in high school and college because I was always side hustling. You know, I started a pet sitting business in elementary school to make money and I had the lemonade stand and, you know, got the mo- my mom to fire the cleaning lady so I could clean the house and raise money for horseback riding lessons. But what really stopped me from starting a business was that I just didn't see the path. And like I, I said earlier, you know, what I, what I saw the path for was getting a job, right? Because that's what everybody was doing. And I knew I wanted to start a business, but I couldn't see how. And so I feel like I, I don't think I'd change my major or my classes. You know, I loved all of that. I love learning, but I would have loved some more support on and here's how you get clients and here's how you overcome the self-doubt and, you know, somebody to hold me accountable to those things outside of the classroom so that I could have graduated with a business underway and not have gone, well, I don't know what else to do, so I guess I have to get a job. If there were two courses that you could tell, and how, how old is Fiora right now? She is seven months. Okay. So, I mean, there's still, what, 14 years until this could happen. And, I mean, my, my twins and Nevea are three and two years old. So it's going to be a while before my get to high school as well. But if you could tell the high school that she goes to to put two classes in that you thought would be so important, what would they be? 
Another great question. Um, you know, I actually developed the course on creativity and entrepreneurship for the university where I taught. <laughs> so, so I got to really think about this, you know, at a, at a um, post high school level, but I honestly think that um, I would I would prefer to see it be extracurricular instead of in the classroom, because if you put it in the classroom, then it becomes about a grade and then it becomes about a rubric of what you need to do to hit that grade. And I think that that in a lot of cases can only perpetuate this problem of do this and then get this result instead of be willing to try things. So what I'd love to see is some kind of you know, participation in some kind of entrepreneurial club that's like really fun. And maybe you start with just a little bit of seed money or a little bit of support on how to set up a website and how to create a basic service or product. And then some real accountability and, and incentivizing. Um, here's how you make money. And like, this is a real business. This is not just something you have to do to show up to get a grade, you know, and, and, goal setting and again dealing with a lot of that mindset stuff that um, that we see and I'd love to see so I'd love to see um, something on the real way to start a business a real business and then I'd love to see support in some way on teaching uh, teaching her how to think because I have a friend named Dana Wild and she says uh, that she said people spend so much time thinking about how they dress and where they live and what they're going to eat. And I just want people to care about the thoughts they think. And that's not something that's taught. Oh, no, it's not. Yep. Actually, my 20-year my high school reunion is coming up this year. And most of my classmates, and I came from a big class, I don't think they ever saw my face because I was so shy and so scared about what other people would think that that's all I would think. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't talk to these people. I don't, you know, I don't, how can I talk to them? I don't feel like I'm qualified. Well, I mean, that is so big. I so agree with you there. And the only other course that I would recommend is something on finance because so many kids come out of high school and go into college and come out of high school with no idea of how to manage money. Totally. Totally. When you're thinking about what you do, and I'm, let me back up and re-ask this question. When I go to pick up my kids from daycare, and once in a while, the, the director or one of the teachers will ask me what I do, because I, I will not deny, there are plenty of days when I show up in sweatpants and a t-shirt and a ball cap, and I don't believe that I have to dress up to go to my home office every day, but they look at me and they ask what I do. And what my job is. But when I think about it myself, I don't really think of it as a job. Do you think of it, of what you do as a job? No, I don't. I have always been a person who has really enjoyed working for myself. Like, as, as long as it's something that is my choice, I am happy to work on it. You know, it's the playing part that I've more had to learn in my life. And so, I really see this, though. I really see what I do in life with passion as the culmination of everything that I've learned in my careers and my studies. And, you know, I always question like this bigger, what's my purpose? What's my calling? And I kind of, you know, 
banged my head against the wall about it for a while. Like, I feel like I should be doing something bigger. I feel like I should be doing something more important. I don't feel like I'm using my gifts, you know, what's wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And I know that that's a really common refrain because a lot of us, we know we're super capable, but we just can't see how to use those things in the world in a big way. And, and I can honestly say that like, this is it, this is it for me, you know, and I do believe it will take a lot of, of twists and turns as businesses do as they evolve. But I see it as, you know, running a business, running my company, but also doing this work that I hear all the time, like, you changed my life. Right. And as cheesy as that sounds, that's, that's such an amazing thing to be able to do, whether it's something that I gave away for free or it's one of my clients who's been working with me for six months and, you know, now feels like she's a completely different person because she's transformed her, her mind and her business. I, it's so much more than a job. Right. And, and I, you know, I'm thinking about it when I'm off and I'm thinking about my clients when I'm over here, something will come to me in the shower, you know, all of that stuff. It's very, uh, it's very much a, you know, purpose driven, passion driven, um, business for me. I have to ask, do you have bath crayons? (laughs) You know what I have? I have a shower, Oh, I forget what, what it, it's called aqua notes and it has like an I've oil based pencil. That. Yep. I've got it. And I, I got it for Christmas and I'm constantly using it. I love it. It will be in the show notes listeners. <laughs> I have to get one of those <laughs> because I, I've had to take my, I usually take my phone into the bathroom with me, not so I can use it, but just because of those ideas, you know, and, oh. and I won't say it right now, but Hey, the lady on the iPhone. I I said what I said on a podcast a few weeks ago, and she started talking back to me. Actually, I'll just do it because I think she's on mute. But I, I'll actually just say, "Hey Siri," blah 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 blah. Uh, when when I brought this up a few weeks ago, she started talking while I was trying to, you know, chat. On oh, the funny. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's yeah. She'll she'll uh, she'll save the day when there's ideas about to escape. The hardest part is that I really am trying not to be on my screens about an hour before bedtime, but it always seems like right before I close, like right before I really get into deep sleep, that's when ideas come. That's right. And then, yeah, the last thing I want to do is just wake up the rest of the house. Right. Right. Is there... And this is a totally random question. I don't expect you to have an answer to it, but I know there's millennials. Is there a name for the generation after that yet? Do you have any idea? Not that I know of. Do Not you that I've think, heard. Do you think millennials and the generations after are going to also see the 12 different careers? I think millennials will see at least 12 careers. They were definitely a part of the group that I was career counseling the structure of, of companies has changed. Uh, I have a brother who's several years younger than me and he changes jobs about every year. And it's always for a major promotion, a major raise. He's very smart about it, but it is a very, very different mentality than even I have. And he's my younger brother, you know, he's only six years younger, but it's definitely like bridging that, that divide. And then it's really difficult to say what's going to happen for the generation behind that because 
you know how things tend to swing back and forth, right, on the pendulum. And so I think where there's so much loyalty among boomers, uh, you know, and, and millennials seem to feel quite differently about that. It's, it's difficult to say where the ones behind them will land based on those two extremes. Oh, absolutely. And it's how many siblings do you have? Is it just your brother? I'm the oldest of four. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, we have so much in common. I technically am just of the ones who were all in the house at the same time, but I had an older stepbrother um, who got who was in the army and then went to law school. And then he did, I would have, from what I know, he switched careers at least six or seven times as well. But it's really fascinating. I mean, when my parents were looking at me, I mean, I was the one who went to art school while everybody else went the conventional college route to schools that had sororities and fraternities and all those, you know, inner school activities, whereas I went to art school. And as far as I know, there was no sorority, but I think you get my point. But it's really fascinating to see what the four of us have done because one of this one of my sisters has been in the same job same position essentially for the last 13 years and then the rest of us have all switched i'm the only entrepreneur are you the only entrepreneur out of your four um no there one of my sisters is also owns her own small business uh and i do think my brother will uh retire quite early and then start his own thing but yeah, that's that is interesting. It's it. Some of us, you know, are very traditional in terms of the nine to five, and at least doing that for a period of time. And then some of us are more. We want to do our own thing all the time. Was the entrepreneurial spirit at all in your family? Yes, yes. Uh, my dad has been both sort of a right hand to highly successful self-made entrepreneurs as well as a consultant for small businesses. And so he has kind of, you know, bridged that gap as well and uh, is a great source of, you know, knowledge and wisdom to me because he's seen a lot. And my mom freelanced while raising us, uh, taking on just a few clients here and there as a CPA, and then has also gone on to this freelancing isn't the right word, but have her own uh, small therapy practice as well. Oh, wow. My family was a little bit different, but and and then I always felt a little bit awkward being the entrepreneur because I felt a little bit out of the groove of my family. But I think that it all goes back to what we were discussing earlier with the I am and just the self-confidence. And that has grown. How long, well, you said you really felt like you found your your calling, what, in 2015? Uh-huh. Yes. What have been some of the biggest actions that you have taken since 2015 to get your business to where it is today? The biggest thing that I did was I finally got over myself and hired a mentor of my own. So I, for about a decade, I was of the mentality that I'm smart, I'm independent. It's really important to me to be able to figure stuff out and to be able to figure it out for free. 
And what actually happened was, as much as I loved my online marketing business, what I pretty much did was recreated how I felt in my nine to five, where I never got to take a break. I was constantly feeling pressure, you know, family gatherings and on vacations, the laptop was out. I'd be hiding in the bathroom to check and send emails. It was not, (laughs) yeah, I was, you know, I was running my own business, but I was making basically the same amount of money and, and really working a lot harder. And, and I was like, what am I doing wrong? But I couldn't see my own, you know, mistakes. I couldn't see what I was doing wrong. And when I finally said, Hey, you know what? Like I invested a lot in my education. I really haven't invested much in my business. Maybe it's time for me to learn from somebody who seems to be, seems to have something figured out that I don't. That is literally when everything changed. I mean, my income jumped way up within just a few weeks. Uh, and that's when I started having the income breakthroughs and the mindset breakthroughs that really allowed me to start this business, discover my own gifts and talents and determine exactly how to create a new business around them. As well as my husband and I moved into our dream home and we took a trip we've been we'd been talking about for years and really i just uncovered i think who i really who i really was who i really am and the person that i've lost along the way because you know i felt supported i felt supported like there these things were possible and i started asking better questions like tony robbins talks about you know successful people do i learned how to teach my brain to ask better questions. I learned how to start believing in possibility again, like I had when I was a child. And I learned how to start running a business in a way that suited my life and giving myself permission to enjoy it more. And I can really credit all of that to the decision to start investing back in myself and in my business and, and learn from people who were ahead of me rather than kind of just, oh, I'll read another book from the library, but I'm still looking at it through the same set of you know, prescription lenses and going, why can't I take this in? Why can't I do anything different? That seems like a good idea, but never implementing. The support to implement, I think, is what made the biggest difference. Did you talk to my husband before this episode? So <laughs> <laughs> I've I mean, I, I've been on quite the journey, but I feel like you're saying all the right things just to to get me. So I can't even imagine what you're doing for listeners. Mm. Thank you. Well, we're going to have to talk a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with that said, what are you working on right now? What would you love to share with listeners and where can they find you online? Sure. So right now, you know, in in 2017, I am laser focused on two things. And one of those is supporting my one-on-one clients really well. I have a big audience uh, and a lot of people who, you know, are participate in in the free things that I give away and and all of that. Uh, and, And I love serving that community. And so 
I focus on serving them and then I focus on serving my one-on-one -on -one private clients really, really well while I'm writing my first book. And so that's in progress too. And that will be done within the next few months at the time of this recording. And then we're going to see, you know, what happens in terms of publication and agents and all of those things that, that are the next steps for a book manuscript like the one that I'm writing. And so the way to get in touch with me is to join me in my private Facebook group, which is Life with Passion Society. And there you can join over a thousand women who are just the most inspiring, positive, encouraging, supportive community that uh, that I know. And I'm, of course, I'm a little biased because I get to be their host, but it's beautiful to watch um, this community form because so many of us feel really alone on this entrepreneurial journey. And so I'd love to have you join us there. And the other thing that I have, it's a free gift for everybody. And that is a workbook I've created on the five things to do to get your first or next client. And you can grab that at lifewithpassion.com slash positive. Oh, that's fabulous. And again, listeners, you can find all the links and all the resources that have been shared on my website at thecamsutton.com forward slash PP122. I actually just requested to join your group, by the way. Perfect. So thank you so much. I am so excited. Do you have a closing piece of advice that you would love to share with listeners? Sure. If you only remember one thing from this chat and from my episode today, I'd love for you to be encouraged that wherever you are right now, it is possible for you to grow a business, to survive whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, and then to go on to thrive. You know, I have experienced what psychiatrists classify as one of the worst losses, and I realized pretty early on in my journey that it was a choice. How I responded to losing Maeve was a choice, and not to say that I don't grieve or that I'm not sad or that it's behind me in any way, but that I get to choose how I show up each day, and that is possible to uh, use, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to you to create the life that that you want. And that the first step is all you need to know right now, right? You only need to be able to see that first step on the staircase. And so if there's something in front of you, whether that's joining my group or, you know, taking advantage of a resource that you have, you've got in front of you, but you just haven't gotten around to it, like make that a priority for yourself, because I think you don't know what lies beyond that. But Whatever that is that you're feeling inspired to do, it, you're feeling inspired for a reason. And I think that's a great way to begin to build uh, your intuition and your trust in yourself if you take five minutes and, and do that today. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.